There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve, and tonight we'll be discussing Episode 7 of Season 4 of The Magicians. Well, it was crazy. I loved it. We got all sorts of weirdness that I was not expecting, which obviously we'll drop into all that shortly. But first, we have ratings news. All right. Episode 7 brought in a 0.18 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.517 million viewers, making it the 42nd overall cable show for the day. We have Live Plus 7 for Episode 4. It tied for 17 in adults 18 to 49 total gain, going from a 0.2 to a 0.5 for an increase of 0.3. And it tied for 10th in adults 18 to 49 percentage gain, increasing by 150%. It was 25th in viewers total gain, going from 0.573 to 1.290 million viewers for an increase of 0.717 million viewers, which tied it for 7th in viewers' percentage gain with an increase of 125%. That was also, good. Yes, and we also have Live Plus 7 Days for Episode 5. It was 14th in total viewers' percentage gain going from 0.531 to 1.102 million viewers for an increase of 108%. Nice. Yes, keep them... Live plus seven days, over one million viewers, and we're in good shape. Yes, we're doing good. I I am very happy. So we're going to jump into episode seven, The Side Effect. Katie goes to the flea market, what Zelda has been up to, and all about fun. They make me crazy. I, th- I swear they do it on purpose. I think so, too. They're like trolling I really do. everybody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Well, we get to go to the underworld library which i thought was great because we actually get penny 40 yes oh my gosh and i missed it and you can so see the difference when you see obviously we were able to see that when it was penny 40 and penny 23 in a room but now being able to see penny 40 again a little more long term you really see how the differences are yes and how much he's changed which is really surprising yes it is I don't know what was in that cake he ate, but wow, what a difference. I'm telling you, what what I wouldn't give to get that clip of what they talked about when the boss man came down there. Because right. it had to be something huge. Yeah. He just had to reveal the story. That's the only thing I'm thinking. Obviously, I don't know if this is part of the book. I just started reading the second book, and that is really different. I'll tell you that. So... I don't know what's happening with Penny and Arjun. You are so awesome. And oh, yeah, by the way, congratulations, because he just got married. Yes. All right. So Penny 40 brings in an employee named Derek and challenges his way of thinking, making him question 
who is actually the center of each story. Since he seems to want to kind of just glance through the books, I feel like he needs the Cliff Notes version only. And he's right. trying to just file them away as secondary characters or tragic love stories and not really care to read everything. Right. And it seems like Penny is in a position of power almost, like he's a supervisor now. If you notice his desk and that weird map layout in the back. Right. Interesting. But before we really get into too much, he's like, well, let's start with the library, which seems an odd place to go. But we have Zelda, who's the head librarian, and she has a lot of stuff going on in this episode, which kind of makes me question how hard-nosed she is. Right. Yeah, I don't believe she's ever really been that hard-nosed. It's been more of because of what's happened, she's had to do things that she really didn't want to. Right. And we kind of see that in this episode. Right, because we're seeing like her perspective on things after Alice has escaped, but it's a lot different than I was expecting. Right. Because we're getting so much information. Now, apparently, Derek really didn't understand that Zelda's daughter was Harriet, and he's like, wait, I don't understand. (laughs) Because at that point, Penny just kind of is like, uh, you'll get it later. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But we also see Zelda's boss in this one, because everybody has boss. Oh, yes, they do. And it couldn't be anybody else but Brian Markinson. (laughs) (laughs) He's playing Everett. And he appears to know what's happened to Alice. But as we all know, and the librarians don't, Alice changed her ending. Right. But after some discussion, the librarians, which I'm so happy that we get Jewel State back, by the way. Yes, we have the big three. Brian, Jewel, and Zelda seem to be the board of directors of the library. Yes, like the head-head librarians, I guess. Yeah. But they agree that they're not jailers, but what do we do about the escapees and the other magicians along with Nick, a.k.a. Santa Claus? Well, one of them thought it'd be a good idea to just find them and kill them. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Zelda's like, hold on a second. We don't do that. And then she had actually said their motto, which I do not remember. Uh, I really wish I write things down. I'm horrible at that. You guys know that by now. But she's like, how about we go a different course? And we track them without anyone knowing, of course. Because obviously, that's the only way to go for the librarians, right? Absolutely. And she decides to use a secret technique, which. I don't know, right from the go, I kind of felt like this is going to be bad. And all of a sudden, she kind of stops. It's like she's hearing things. And when she ends up in her office, in the mirror, she sees Harriet. And then she kind of freaks out, because then all of a sudden, the mirror explodes, which I'm thinking is not a good thing either. No, it can't be. But then that's all we get for a minute, because then we go back to the office with Penny explaining to Derek that... You see, our role is to see, but not get involved. And that's what we're doing. We're observing. Because Derek's like, wait, wait, what's going on? Maybe we should send a message. What did he say? Through the dragon's butt or something? Yeah. (laughs) It was just kind of random. It's like, oh, God, dude, no. No, the the dragon is the messenger to get from. But yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) The way he said it. Said it, yes. He's like, oh, let's talk about Fed and Katie. 
Like, what? I mean, Derek looks really confused. He looks very-ish, very, like, I don't want to be here. This sucks. Yeah, he looks like a millennial. But, well, yeah, I guess what the stereotype. Right. That's the whole thing, yeah. And Penny's like, listen, let's talk about the next story. Because, yeah, we have Fen, we have Katie, but let's talk about Alice. And Derek's just like, what the hell? (laughs) Ah, that poor kid. He really did look confused because Penny's like, I'm going to introduce you to everybody and jump around as I do it. Yeah. And yet it was really coherent. (laughs) So we're back with Zelda, though, and we're talking about Alice's story. But according to the book, Alice has given up magic because she blames everything on magic, which isn't exactly wrong. Right. And now she's working at a craft brewery in Portland, Oregon. And what was it? She had adopted a Shih Tzu. Yeah. I believe is what it was. And I love it because all of a sudden it was like, oh, I thought she was more of a cat person. But right. Whatever. But Zelda goes to confirm this and finds out it's all a lie. Right. But tells the gentleman traveler who's taking her there, oh, yeah, she's there. It's great. Why is she not telling him that this isn't right? This isn't true? That's a really good question. And the only thing I can come up with is that she needs to talk to Alice, find out if there's any way that the mirror bridge actually survived and her daughter's trapped in there. If it's still there somehow. I wonder if that means Hannah's coming back to the show. (laughs) I tweeted that a couple of times. (laughs) Hmm, just wondering. Not that she can let the cat out of the bag, but... Yeah. So, what does Zelda do? Go to the only person that she believes Alice will trust, Dean Fogg. Yeah. And he is informed of all of the lies that seems to be happening surrounding Alice. And she's like, well, can you help me find her? Hmm, (laughs) first of all... Why would Fogg want to help you? He's kind of ticked at you. Yeah, he goes into a little rant with all the triplicate paperwork. and (laughs) No, this is your mess. Keep me out of it. So, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Because even at the end of it, we don't really know what's what. No. So, Penny Forty decides to steer Derek back to a different story. They go to Fen's story. But we do get to still see what's going on with Zelda. Right. Which she does convince, and I can't ever remember his name, the Traveler, to help her into the Mirror Realm, even though he has to, in his words, keep cutting himself so they can get out. But she's like, well, you know, it's kind of your fault because you're the one who smashed the mirror. I didn't tell you to do that. She's not I was just doing my job. Right. A slap down needed to happen right then and there. I'm kind of shocked she didn't, like, wave her little fingers right. or something to him. But when they get in there, that was so weird. Yes. Because the paintings, it was like the back of the person's head and everything, which I thought was really cool because it was all backwards. And she's like, oh, it's a mirror image of our own world. Well, hello, that's what a mirror is. Right. <laughs> which actually made me wonder, okay, does that mean magic would be backwards? Like, you'd have to do whatever finger motions backwards or just opposite i mean not necessarily probably i would think so well that never had to happen i was waiting for something to but that didn't happen right because zelda goes off to find harriet and you see like somebody running here and there and when she finds harriet it's not her it's like an echo 
it was some kind of distraction because it was mimicking everything Zelda was doing. Right. And then Zelda realizes something's not right. And, well, apparently one of them decided to stab the Traveler, which, in my mind, as he said, the funhouse versions of Harriet, they knew that they needed his blood. I mean, they were just crazy, but I think they knew they needed his blood to try to get through. Right. Yeah. His, he was using his blood to keep the doorway open. Right. And that part I know, but with the not Harriet's stabbing him. Right. Yeah. They so were trying like, to gather some blood so they could open it from their end. Which is to get through. really freaky when you think about that. Right. But we're back in the real library again, and Everett's like, listen... Zelda, there was a big thing that happened in Modesto. So, uh, head witches are kind of dying because of the tracker that we decided to put on all the coins that you you suggested. Right. It was a great idea. Just we didn't see the side effect happening. But you know what? I'm okay. They could all die. And she looked just so surprised. Like, right. Whoa, 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 whoa. We were just talking earlier. We don't kill people. What the hell? I didn't know this would happen. Right. Yeah. And I think I had tweeted something about where's the uh, evil Brian Markinson going to show up. And <laughs> oh, there he did. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. I wasn't able to tweet this week. I was sick. But I was watching. And so I thought it was great. Some of what you guys did. I just wasn't coherent enough through most of the episode to do anything. Uh, let's get back in. Sorry. So Alice does eventually go visit Dean Fogg. And I was surprised. But she goes to talk to him about Sheila because we don't know what happened to Sheila exactly. Right. We didn't see what happened after the librarians had told her she had been busy. And we figured that they had taken her somewhere. Right. And, of course, Alice wants Dean Fogg to help. Right. Answers. Yes. And You owe me. Right. And who's in Fogg's office? Well, it's Zelda. Who tells Alice, I need your help. That was a bit surprising. And now I think it is, at this point, more than just Harriet. I think because she knows that the tracker is killing hedge witches, that maybe she wants to turn over a new leaf. And somehow, we're going to have to take that siphon off. Could be. I don't know how that would work. Right. But that's what I feel like might be happening. I guess we have to wait and see. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on... How much Zelda really knows about hedge witches and what they could be capable of and who might be leading them. Yeah, because technically wasn't Harriet a hedge witch? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Because I'm like, it's been a little while since we've seen her, so I had to think about that. Yep, she was a hedge witch as well. All right, so back to Penny Forty, who's still schooling uh, our little frat boy on his biases. And he's like, you know, Ben, Katie, Zelda, they're all keys to the future of magic. Now, just him saying that, I know he knows a whole lot more than we're led to know. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Making me a little crazy that he knows. (laughs) Yes. He knows what's going to happen and probably how this is all going to turn out. And there are no bit players in this story. Everybody is important. It's like he's telling Derek what you need to read without telling him exactly everything. Right. But, hey, here's a twist. Yeah. Derek's all of a sudden going, yeah, you're ready for the next level. And Penny just looks at him like, what? 
<laughs> what are you talking about, man? You didn't ask me how I died. Okay, that was a random thing. Derek's like, right. it was an arrow to the chest. And Penny's like, wait, what? An arrow? Yeah, I'm actually your boss. Was it your boss or your boss's boss? I can't remember how he said Boss's it. boss. He's like, I was actually reviewing you. So, yeah, you know what you're doing. This is a test. Yeah, the people upstairs think it's hilarious. and Yeah, the girls upstairs yeah. like it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Sorry, I know, kind of a twist, this young-looking kid, and I'm a big shot. But you Thousands know of years old. Right? <laughs> but you know what? You're ready. You're going to go to the next step. And Penny's like, what's the next step? Secrets taken to the grave. Interesting. I wonder if we get to see any of that then. Yeah, and you need to start immediately. It's like, okay, and? He walks towards the elevator, and I'm thinking, okay. Now, is this elevator going to take him to the library, or is it just another level of the Underworld Library? Well, the secret's taken to the grave. We've seen that, because he tried to get out. Yeah. And what he says when the doors open, he's like, oh, hey, and he walks in. He's like, it's been a while. Welcome to the Underworld. Who is he talking to? Exactly. (laughs) It was like, holy crap, who are you talking to, Penny? And the only person that I can think of was the guy from Fillory that helped him or earlier when he first got there. Like when he right. first snuck in. Right. And I'm now that could be. Because I'm like he's not like, oh my god, it's you. Right. So I'm feeling that it's not one of the main cast members because I feel like his attitude or his, even like his eyes would have gotten big or something. Right. So here's hoping. I don't think it's Mayakovsky. Yeah, I don't think you'd be that cool with him. <laughs> no, not at all. All right, let's go to Fillory, because this was kind of weird. Yes, it was. We had a really short time in Fillory, but wow, what's going on? Fen is having prophetic dreams, and she tells Josh about it. Because at first, I'm like, wait, what's going on? Because the, yeah. the first dream she has is... Margot with the antidote for the talking animals, and she, of course, is talking smack to her lizard, and she dumps the antidote on it, the beet juice, and it goes up in flames. Yeah. And that's when we find out that it was only a dream, because I loved it, though, because Margot was so damn snarky. Yeah. Oh, God. I love her. I love her so much. But Josh explains to Fen, listen, we had a class about this. You can control your own dreams. Try lucid dreaming. And, of course, explains it. And so, okay, she's back in the middle of that dream with the lizard, and she's able to stop it for a minute. And I'm going to throw something out after I finish talking about this for a second. She follows the person in the dream. They go from the castle, so what was it, White Spire, to it was a bridge that had, like, ribbons on it. Right. And then that's when she loses the person. But she wakes up. She goes and tells Margo what's going on. And they're like, okay, so I'm going to stop. I'm not going to set my lizard on fire. No. She's like, I don't know who it was. They're like, well, great. Of course. Now, I'm wondering, and this is going back a bit, if that happens to be the witch that had gotten Quentin's blood. Hmm. Because That's very possible. We haven't seen anything about her. Right. Absolutely nothing has come back about the blood. It hasn't even been mentioned. And I feel like nothing has happened so far 
or been said that hasn't been come back to. Right. So that's my idea. I think that's as good as any. I mean, I don't know how Quentin's blood is doing anything, but... Isn't going to play into this, but you never know. Right. Or if somehow, because, I mean, they time traveled, but could that be Quentin's kid somehow? Again, we don't know if that's coming back somewhere. Right. Yeah, because Ben kind of seemed to think that it was a lady, but we never saw, you know, it was a hooded figure in a green hood. Right. That's all we saw. I mean, I guess it could always be, oh my gosh, what's her name? Jane? Oh, yeah. Absolutely, it could be. Uh, There's so many it could be's, but obviously we're going to wait and find out, but... Interesting thoughts and theories, and maybe you have one one yourself, and you can let us know too at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. All right, now let's go to Katie because we had Katie finally back. Right, Jade, where have you been? Yes, and we found out what she's been doing. She's been uh, taking care of some of Detective Sam's cases. You go, huh? Who would have thought that she would have? Uh, Still cared about her alter ego there. Well, she did make a point of saying, I was a main character in my life in my alter, and now I'm just like a background player. Right. And Julia's like, that is not what you are. No. But you have, yes, you have to, Katie thought she was unimportant, Finn thought she was unimportant, and by the time the episode ends, they're not quite so unimportant anymore. No, they're not. So, of course, Katie tells Julia that she will help the gang, but when she wants to do things on her own time and in her own way. And she reminds Julia how she nabbed this apartment from Marina for everyone. And sure enough, somebody comes up and rings the doorbell. Katie opens it, and oh my goodness, we're introduced to the Baba Yaga. Which, I again, thought was hilarious. I'm like, yes. what is going on with this crazy, like, growly woman? Who's not any older than Katie. Right? And, yeah, it turns out Baba Yaga is a magical creature who lives inside of this woman who she uses when she has to c- collect rent. Right. Seriously? Okay. That was weird, but sure, why not? And the stuff that is d- needed for rent happened to be marina's grocery list yeah i love it she's like you mean that weird grocery list (laughs) like that is payment it's like okay yeah fortunately marina had already collected one of the items and katie gave it to the baba yaga but then she gets the information on the other two items well the only place she can go find it well pretty much black market right yeah i love though that we do get a story of who the Baba Yaga is, too. Right. So, yeah, she ends up going to a bar, and we get to see good old Slumbucket Pete again. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think we were going to see him. No, but of course, he agrees to help her because he really wants to meet the Baba Yaga. Yeah, I guess whatever works for you. Yeah, what was, he was the love joy, wasn't it? <laughs> Is what Pete was called. Oh, right. L- or, no, was it Lovejoy or Love Lady? It was really strange. Yeah, it was something weird. That's for sure. And uh, so, of course, he takes her to the magic black market. And, of course, she goes up to a 
vendor and tells them that she needs a bag of holding. Oh, they got mad because she's like, I don't know what that is. It's like a video game thing or something. And they're like, yeah, a D&D thing. I thought she was going to get smacked. Exactly. But of course, they don't want what she's offering. Of course, those were the... The cufflinks, right? The cufflinks, yeah. The killer cufflinks. But that puts Katie in motion. And she just goes all through that black market. Trading and trading and trading and trading. Which was really impressive. Yes, it was. And she goes back, and sure enough, it's enough to get her back. Now, of course, Pete's nowhere to be found, so she heads back to the bar and finds him with his friend, Gordy. I think he was probably more than a friend. (laughs) (laughs) And Gordy can lead Katie to the other bizarre item required, a creepy doll with healing tears. And I'm going to just say, when they find the doll, that was freaking creepy. Oh, absolutely. That's like Annabelle level weird. <laughs> yes, because of course they make it to the guy's house. He his mailbox on his door is full, so Kay's thinking this guy ain't been here for a while. So she just uses her magic to open the door, like a detective Cunningham would have. <laughs> <laughs> and look who's not moving on the floor. Yeah, in a pool of blood. Yes, and he had weird marks on his arm. No, was yes. there blood? No, there wasn't any. No, that's right. Because she does say it doesn't look like any foul play. Right. Or blunt force trauma or something. And Pete's like, you've been watching a lot of CSI, haven't you? (laughs) But he goes wandering off to find the doll, and he grabs it, and then there's like, what what was up with, like, thing? It was just a hand. Yeah. (laughs) Grabbing him, he's like, bad touch. Like, oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, I thought of Thing as well. That was the first thing that popped into my mind. (laughs) Oh, it's Thing! Awesome! And as we get them about to leave, because Katie's like, great, I have the doll, we have the bag. Pete's like, oh, let me just see what this guy's got in his pockets. Great job. So basically, he pickpockets a dead guy. Right, with the Dewey. Yes. He's like, oh, he doesn't need it. I'm like, well, okay, I get that, but at the same time, seriously, dude. But... That's slime ball Pete for you. What are you going to do? Because now Pete suddenly starts getting sick later in the day. And weird things start to happen to him. And his arm kind of starts looking like the dead guy. Yeah. So, And his friend Gordy says it looks like he's got something interacting badly with his personal spells. Yeah. And of course they search him and figure it's got to be the Dewey in his pocket. Because that was the one that was on the dead guy. Right. And how does Gordy figure it out? He licks it. (laughs) I'm like, oh, it's so Doctor Who. Yeah. And he speculates that it might have a tracking spell on it that is making him sick. Great. Of course, Katie guesses that the library is to blame for this and that all the hedge witches with personal enchantments are at risk. Yes. Because once all of the enchantments, sorry, I said the enhancement, enhancement enchantments, there we go were taken off, then Pete got better. Right. But when uh, Katie kind of gets everybody together, all the hedge witches that she's come in contact with, she does a spell and they all see these marks on them. Right. And they figure out, I'm sure that's a little sleuthing on her part, the library is responsible for the death of these hedge witches because of the tracking spell on the Deweys that they know are going to make their way around in the black market and it's making them all sick. 
And the only way to stop it is to take off the enhancements because these aren't traditionally ones used at Breakbill or any other magical institution. And so they know that things are going to interact. Now, at this point, they don't know how sure the library is that it was going to interact, but they don't care because everybody's ticked. Right. And Katie, you know, had paid off the Baba Yaga and Pete was healed. And of course, Pete's like, damn, I didn't get to meet the Baba Yaga. He's (laughs) okay. You know what? There's other things that were a little more important. Right. And Pete actually stood up for her. Yes. And said, yeah, she healed me. She saved my life. I trust her. Now, we do get to see the girl who we've seen in Modesto help, who helped blow up the library. Right. She's there. And at first, she doesn't want to believe Katie. And Katie's like, I didn't have to tell anybody anything. But you know what? My mom was a hedge. Right. So seriously, they're killing people. We need to stick together. We need to have a plan. And so I'm trying yeah. to figure out if this was supposed to happen before or after Modesto. Like this oh, this moment. this definitely was after Modesto. Okay, it was. Yes. Okay. See, so I wasn't sure be- since the girl was there and the way she was acting. Right. You know, because she's like, have you ever had lost anybody? Lost, right. Apparently, after the explosion, something happened to her boyfriend. Probably a couple of librarians went after him, and or he had gotten a hold of one of the Deweys. Yeah. They didn't really explain it. No, they didn't tell us what exactly happened to her boyfriend. But, of course, Katie said, yes, I the same things happened to mine. Right. Basically, I lost one, too. So, interesting. That's why I wasn't 100% sure where that was falling. Right. So, I guess we'll see if the hedges are going to kind of come together, like, with our little group, or at least with Katie. Yeah, this is going to get insanely crazy here real quick. Because mm-hmm. we got... Darth Elliot and Q trying to find body parts, and we don't know how they progressed in this episode. Right, because we didn't get them at all. Right. We've got Margot and Finn and Fillory trying to get information from the lizard <laughs> on her birthright, which could change everything. And now we've got a revolution that's about to start. This could get real weird real quick. And we don't have that much left. No. We got two episodes, three episodes. It's like, how are they going to wrap all this stuff up? Right. They aren't. <laughs> We're going to have some massively. Uh, We're going to have everything just crammed in. Well, crammed in or on a major cliffhanger. Oh, don't say that. Yeah. Yeah. Even more major than last season's or this season's. Oh, that would be horrible. Season. Yeah. I think, yeah, we could be right in the middle of the battle between the Order and the Library and the Hedgewitches and somehow Darth Elliot gets his body back and is about to wipe them all out. Then Santa shows up. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> gonna be it's gonna be nuts. Yeah. It's nuts is an understatement. <laughs> well, we of course want to hear from you and your theories. Send us an email at sci fi talk at fangirlzone.com. Go ahead and check out the website, www.fangirlzone.com. It has our contacts page. It has email and Twitter and Facebook and everything there. So you can follow us that way, too. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. We want to know what you think. I can't be the only one who was thinking about the witch. Come on. And while you're at it, please rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. Tell your friends about this show. You know you want to get them hooked on magicians, same as you. 
And we do hope you're enjoying the podcast. And for this really great episode of not necessarily the people in the forefront. Right. I'm Sean Fangirless. And I'm Steve. When you file people away as sidekicks, you don't realize their importance to the story. And this story belongs to a lot more people than you think. And until next time.